0: This morning, we're beginning a a new study. Through the month of June, we're looking at relationships. The title of the study is Return, because things are beginning to return open, and on and on the list goes. And during this last year and a half, relationships have been strained. Would you agree? There's been a lot of, Questions, divisions, separations, some forced, some chosen. What better time for us to simply look in the word to understand how to return to healthy relationships. Now, if you're single and you hear that there's going to be a series on relationship, you groan and you go, oh, great, for all the married people. We're talking relationships, Spouse, parent-child, sibling, neighbors, co-workers, people you don't like. It's a relationship. And unfortunately, sometimes not real healthy, right? And we've been called to be in healthy relationships. In fact, the word is clear that God created us for relationship. Starting with him... And with each other. So what better place to look than the word? Now, one thing that's going to be a little different through this series is that each week I'm going to have one or two people that are going to help me with the message. Sometimes they'll know ahead of times, and sometimes they won't. And this week, Kevin Smetters is going to help me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's see if I can do this right this week.
1: There we go.
0: You don't want to be like Rita? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rita. Is this on? It is.
1: Well, let me get something behind Oh, it. yeah. Let's see. 40 years ago, I married this woman. And um, she doesn't know it, but better look at my notes I don't think she knows it but about a week ago she said to me or actually I said to her first I said you know next week it's gonna be 40 years today of wedded bliss and she punched me (laughs) (laughs) I go
0: on the play on the playground that 's how we said we liked somebody, oh, so
1: man, that's true yeah. Well, the last forty years has seen a lot of you know, blessings, a lot of trials, but um, we 're committed to each other with unconditional love, so before I totally break up. Question today. Joanne, would you do it over? Renew our vows? Commit to remaining my wife.
0: In this case, one knew and one didn't. So we're we're gonna do this just like you did before, okay? Although I wasn't there for that. All right, turn, face each other and hold hands. You guys are witnesses and didn't know you were going to be that. Now, everything taking place has happened, but we're renewing and recommitting. So I'm going to ask you to simply repeat after me, okay? I, Kevin, take you, Joanne, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for worse. For For richer, for poorer. poorer. In sickness and in health. health. That included COVID. COVID. (laughs) (laughs) To love and to cherish. cherish. Until we are parted by death. death. As God is my witness. witness. I I give you my promise. I, Joanne... Take you, Kevin, Take you, Kevin to, be my husband, to be my husband, to have and to hold, to and to hold from, this forward, from this day forward, for better, for worse, better, for, worse, for, richer, for poorer, richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, in and in health to, love and to, cherish, to love and to cherish until we are parted by death, parted by death. as God is my witness. I give you my promise. Now, the rings that you wear have great meaning. They probably fit differently today than they did 40 years ago, so I'm not going to ask you to take them off and put them back on. But I simply want to remind you of their meaning. See, they're a circle for a good reason. If we were to ask you to explain to everyone this morning exactly when you knew that you were in love with each other, it'd probably be a little difficult to pin a date down. You're not going to find a beginning of the circle of those rings. But the other is true as well. There's no end to that circle. And that's the commitment you made to each other to stick with this. Every time you look at those rings, whether together or apart, they remind you of that. Also of the vows you took 40 years ago and renewed just now. When you went to purchase them, they probably weren't free. It may have even been difficult to purchase but you see that's a meaning as well because it reminds you that true love costs something and it's valuable and it's worth it you came on your wedding day as two separate individuals you exchanged your vows your rings and declared your commitment to each other and you became one you didn't lose yourself instead you chose to join your strengths together into one so today you have rejoined that and you can recreate something from that day kevin you may claim your bride with a kiss I was supposed to have someone give those to you as you came up. But a lot of things haven't gone as planned. (laughs) In case you haven't figured it out, the first thing we're looking at when it comes to healthy relationships is commitment. That it takes commitment to keep a relationship going. It takes commitment to continue a relationship through ups and downs, through kids, through grandkids, although that usually helps the relationship, through what we don't know. Friendships that last and friendships that don't are often distinguished by commitment or lack thereof. If you have your Bibles or your Bible on your devices, I invite you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. This will be the foundation for this whole series. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 9, going through verse 21. And each week we're looking at a different aspect of healthy relationships. Now, we're only doing four weeks. We could do 40 weeks and not cover everything we need in relationships. But we're going to hit four that cover most everything. The scripture says in Romans 12, beginning of verse 9, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. With one another, Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Let me just repeat that sentence. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with God The journey of any healthy relationship begins with commitment. Committed to several things. But it starts with commitment. Not this trial commitment like, let's see how it works. I think I've shared with you before that there have been some jewelry stores that have been advertising that you can rent wedding rings. Talk about commitment. (laughs) By the way, if someone says, how about we rent them, that's a good sign to leave then. You see, commitment is that stick to it. In a friendship, you don't just give up on it. In a parental relationship, you don't just give up on it. In a marriage, you don't just give up on it. But it takes commitment to have any kind of healthy relationship. It starts with a commitment to love. Being committed to love. Verse 9, and it's the beginning of this section, it says, Let love be genuine, real, honest, truthful, not fake, not just for show, not Hollywood, but real, let love be genuine, Jesus taught us that, he showed that to us, that we need to be committed to love, genuinely loving one another, loving in friendship, genuine, to stick with it, I've shared a couple of times with you about the, the five of us that became friends our freshman year in college, three or four years ago, And uh, we have continued that friendship since then. In fact, this last fall was the first year I had missed, and I don't remember how many dozen years of our annual time of getting together, though we live all over the country now. It was for good reason. It was my second Sunday here that we were supposed to be together, and so I was here. (laughs) They understood but it's a friendship that started quite a while ago and has continued. It's continued through cancer treatments. It's continued through the death of one spouse. It's continued through kids being born and weddings happening and grandkids. And it's continued through an awful lot of making fun of each other and still being friends. You see, we committed to that a long time ago that, We had become friends and we would remain friends, and we don't agree on a lot of stuff. We don't agree politically. Some of them are wrong. Some of them don't root for the right teams. I pray for them. Some of them don't live in the right place. But you see, it's a commitment that we're in this for the long haul. The same needs to be true in any relationship and especially in a marriage relationship. Parents need to remind their kids often that they're in it for the long haul. That I love you no matter what, though I don't always like what you do. They need to be reminded that there's nothing they can do that will Stop your love for them. You see, we're committed to love in healthy relationships genuinely and committed to one another. One another is not just all of us who agree, but to one another. It extends especially in the Christian community to others who are like-minded, but it extends beyond that. Jesus showed us as he went through the towns and villages that no matter who he encountered, he loved them genuinely. Though they didn't always like what he taught, they knew he loved them. Verse 9 ends with, hold fast to what is good. You see, we need to be committed to love. Secondly, we need to be fierce in our commitment to each other. Verse 10 says love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor do not be slothful in zeal that's a fun word to say by the way slothful it's not easy but it simply means don't be lazy in your relationships We're also to serve the Lord in our relationships. We're to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, be fierce in our commitment. We need to be committed with great zeal. It doesn't matter your personality, and some of your personalities are exuberant, and people always know how you're feeling, good or bad. Some of you, we can't tell how you're feeling or if you're still alive sometimes without putting a mirror under your nose. That means you are breathing, you'll fog it in case you didn't understand. That doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with zeal. Zeal is in that commitment saying, I'm in this with you. There's something powerful about knowing you have somebody who will always... Stay committed to you. To know that. No matter what. God has called us to that in our relationships. And we have to understand. It starts in our relationship with him. Having great zeal in that relationship. Being committed to him. Understanding he is committed to us to the point of death. And fortunately resurrection fierce in our commitment. We need to be fierce in our commitment, even in our prayers and service to one another. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Praying fiercely with passion, whether you're loud or soft, isn't the issue. It is that commitment that is saying, Lord, I'm praying. Mark Batterson said, "Too often we we do ASAP prayers, as as soon as possible, Lord, and instead we need to do ALAT, as long as it takes, to be committed, knowing that we're praying." I shared last week, as we were remembering those who have passed from us in the last couple of years, that. One of the things that struck me on the day of my mom's funeral and it struck me again on my dad's was knowing how much they prayed for me and for my family. And that on the day of their funeral, it hit me like a ton of bricks. So who's doing it now? People need to know that we're lifting them in prayer. If we're in relationship with them, they need to know that our spouses our children our friends even our neighbors and coworkers who may not believe people will very rarely say no to prayer zealous fiercely committed in our prayers as well as our service to one another to be committed to serving not just receiving Thirdly, this journey of healthy relationships and commitment. We need to be committed to outdo each other in service, in love, and in hope. Now, some of you are very competitive. And honestly, I have to say some of us are very competitive in anything. Anything. Competitive if we play a game. Competitive in who we root for. What would happen in your relationships if you became competitive and outdoing one another in serving? I'm going to serve you more than you're going to serve me. How different would your home be? Go, I do that. Nothing happens for me. You, you, You didn't understand what I said outdoing one another in serving each other you see if we're going to really be in healthy relationships we need to be serving and if you want to know the best way to show hope and the best way to show service ask this question on all your decisions what's best for the other person Before you do anything, what's best for the other person? Not what do I prefer. There's nothing wrong with expressing that. But the question needs to change to what's best for them. What I have discovered is the more I operate that way, the more people respond the same way. So you can get taken advantage of. Yep. What a great way to get taken advantage of by serving someone. What's best? Dave Engbrecht, who was my senior pastor in my first ministry position. I was an associate and and youth pastor. And um, he would ask that every time we discussed anything in the church. Every time we looked at anything we were going to change. And he said, what's best for the body? And you know, sometimes that changed what we had been planning. Because we realized that what we had been planning was what was best for us. Not the body. That's true in our friendships. It's true as parents. It's true as co-workers. It's true as spouses. We may change some of what we do if we ask that question and answer it honestly. What's best for the other person? To be fiercely committed to them means seeking what's best for them. Fourth, we need to be committed to live peaceably with each other. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And at that, some of you just checked out. Because <laughs> you have somebody in your mind, you're going, not gonna happen. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Now, now don't point to them, okay? Okay. But you're going, I've tried everything. They won't do it. Make sure you heard the scripture correctly. Live peaceably so far as it depends on you. You cannot control their reaction, you can control your action. You cannot control their response. But you can control what you do. And what's interesting is, the more we strive to live at peace, the more peaceable situations usually become. Not always. Because they have a choice. As my grandpa used to say, you can lead the horse, you know, to water, but you can't make him drink. But he always added, but you can salt his oats. To make him thirsty. And you see in our relationships. For that one who doesn't seem to want to live at peace. You consult the relationship. By you living peaceably. By you seeking what's best. And begin. To whet their appetite. For the same thing. It's true. Some will choose not to. But we have to understand. What peace is and what peace isn't. Peace does not mean giving in. It does not mean a compromise of convictions or beliefs. Peace is not peace at all costs. It's not really peace when it's that. Peace is a commitment to the relationship. Peace is what's best for the relationship. That does not necessarily mean giving in. Sometimes it does. But we have to understand true peace is not passive. To live in peace with others is not a passive thing. You've got to work at it. We have to remind each other of it. But if both sides are seeking it, you will find your way there. If both sides are asking what's best for this relationship, you'll find your way there. Committed to live peaceably with each other. Remember Jody when our kids were little, especially like elementary age, and getting them around in the morning was not always a simple process. After all, they were my kids. It wasn't easy to get me around sometimes in the morning either. But one of the things she strove for every morning was to send them out the door. With some kind of joy. Now sometimes as soon as the door closed. And they were out the door. She screamed. Because it hadn't been easy. And it was not fake. But it was constantly reminding them. And if you would ask them today. What was one thing mom always said. As we went out the door. They would very begrudgingly. Tell you. You can choose to have a good day or not, it's your choice. She was doing everything she could to start their day peaceably. What would happen in our relationships if we did that with each other? And lastly, to have healthy relationships We need to commit to being committed to the relationship. Commit to being committed to the relationship. When you look at everything that is said in this passage, you know, and it says about living at peace, and then in verse 19, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, some of you may have trouble doing it just for the peace of the relationship. So think of it this way, according to that verse if you are doing everything, being kind, peaceable, doing everything for what's best for the relationship, best for the other person, if they are trying not to, you are going to be aggravating them to no end. Because you won't fight back. Think about it. When I taught school, I taught special education, and I taught mainly students who... Couldn't quite get everything without some help. And I had one young man in particular who absolutely hated school. He hated that he had been labeled and was a part of my program. And I just remember trying to figure out some way to motivate him, to figure out some way to get him to participate because he could do it. He just didn't think so. And because he had been labeled, he assumed he wasn't supposed to. And he hated school, so he wanted his teachers to know that. And it finally clicked with me one day. I said, what if you pretend you like it? He said, but I hate it. I said, I know. But what if, just in this one class, you pretended you liked that teacher? He goes, I can't stand him. I said, I know. But what if you pretended you liked him? What if you got your homework done when it was supposed to be done and tricked him into thinking you liked it? (laughs) He got the most quizzical look on his face. And I said, if you do that, only you and I will know that you really hate it. You'll be fooling them. He went, I like that. (laughs) He started doing that. And before you knew it, we didn't have to have the conversation anymore because he had started to like the stuff he did. He started to like what it felt like to get it done and to hear positive things instead of all those red marks on the paper. Go, you fooled him. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe I was just heaping burning coals on his head (laughs) by doing what was best for him and the relationship. You see, in our relationships, if we are committed to being committed, we will do what we need to, not in dishonesty. I wasn't dishonest with him. I let him know, I know you don't like this. And I was also praying that if he did it, he would start to like it. What would happen in your relationships if you were that committed to give something to the one who's hungry in the relationship, to the one who's thirsty in the relationship, to the one who doesn't seem to desire to live at peace in the relationship? But if you committed to saying, I will do what is needed, committed to love, Fierce in my commitment and my zeal. In my prayers and my service. Trying to outdo them in serving and even in hope. Committed to doing my part to live in peace. What relationship right now has the Lord been tapping you with? Saying, you know, this is a good one for you to start with. Whatever that one is, is probably where you should begin. I challenge you this week to find one thing that you can do differently that's better for them. Something you know is something they like. Something you know is something they would prefer even if you don't. Committed to the relationship Committed to Christ and to one another. To being in relationship and in healthy relationships. Imagine the difference that could make. Jesus, thank you for your commitment to us. Thank you that you did whatever was needed to draw us to you. Thank you that you showed us by your action that you were committed to us, that you loved us. Lord, may we follow your lead in our relationships. May we seek what's best for the other person. May we be zealous in our service to each other and zealous in our prayers for one another. Lord, may you this week begin to bring some healing in some friendships between some parents and children, between some husbands and wives, between some coworkers, and friends. Lord, guide us as we seek to be on a journey of healthy relationships according to your word. In Jesus' precious and powerful name, I ask all of these things. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.